There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, my friends. Simon Miller from What Culture here. And before we do get into this week's episode of AEW Ups and Downs, I just thought it only appropriate to address the John Moxley situation. Because one, I want to send all the positive thoughts and all the goodwill to John Moxley and his friends and his family. And I'm sure he will get through this and come out stronger on the other side. But also, two, if you are going through anything in your own life, much as CM Punk said on last night's show, reach out to someone. You haven't done anything wrong. You're not a weak-willed individual. That is the stupid thought process in the world. 100% of human beings go through this stuff and it takes a damn brave person to say, hey, I need help and go and get it. So yes, once again, all the love for John Moxley. And now let's turn our attentions to a wrestling television show known as AEW Dynamite. About to call it AEW Ups and Downs. That's the name of my show. Point is, let's give the good bits an up and the bad bits are down. Go. Kenny Omega versus Alan Angels was our first match on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And do you remember last time they fought, the internet melted down. Oh yeah, it really affected Kenny Omega's career. For those people that take every single word I say literally, of course I'm being sarcastic. It seems to be going well for the AEW World Champion. It also ties into all the beef that we've had recently between the Dark Order and the Elite. And as ever, Kenny Omega is just one of the best wrestlers in the world and Alan Angels totally has it. Eventually, he's going to break out from the pack and he's going to be like, ha ha, I'm Alan Angels, which is a catchphrase he's allowed to use should he so wish. I will only ask for 10%. The point is the guy can work. Alan had also clearly been studying the champ's repertoire because he had an answer for all of his moves, including at one point avoiding a V-trigger and going for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Now, sadly for Alan Angels, he doesn't quite have the experience of a veteran, so Kenny was able to kick out. He was then firing off dives, moonsaults, and crossbodies, and while I doubt anybody actually thought this guy was going to win, I thought everybody involved did a good job in making you go, well, maybe, just maybe it will happen, even though, of course, it was never going to happen. But I will always take a competitive match. That is the whole point. It's like when you sit down to watch real sports, sometimes the team at the bottom of the league is able to beat the team at the top of the league, and we're like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? That's where the drama comes from. So if you're in control of the drama, why the hell wouldn't you pull the trigger? They also repeated what happened in their last encounter when Kenny Omega was going for the one-winged angel, but once again, Alan went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But I think all this did is kind of piss off Kenny, because he slammed him with three V-triggers 
and he beat him for the one, two, three. This is really good stuff though, especially because afterwards, Kenny was all like, oh, this guy tried to ruin my career. So now I'm going to give him a one-winged angel on a chair. I was like, my word, that is escalation. But of course this meant somebody had to come out to save the day. And when you need someone to save a day, why not call Batman? Not Batman, why not call a cowboy? Because he ran down to confront his next opponent and he even went for the buckshot lariat, but Kenny was like, oh no! And he rolled out the way and the hangman had the belt. He was like, man, you've only got 10 days left with this. This build has been so damn good. It's been so damn terrific. And when Paige becomes the AEW world champion, my word, I would probably cry joy. I don't know what that means. Maybe puppies and care bears come out of my house, but I am so damn excited and it's get it up. Malachi Black was then all mad because later on it was going to be Andrade versus Cody and Tony Khan had told him, Malachi Black, you're not allowed to be at ringside, but Malachi doesn't care because Andrade's still going to kick his ass. This was a little bit like when you were a kid and you knew there was a party going on and nobody had invited you to the party. So you were like, well, I didn't want to go to the party anyway, even though deep down, you really wanted to go party. CM Punk was then out to cut a promo and this kind of has become a thing recently. You get a match, you move into segment two, it's CM Punk, that's really awesome, up. He was not so happy this week and for good reason, but before he did get into all of that, he addressed the John Moxie situation and I implore every single person who is watching this YouTube video right now to make sure that they go and see what CM Punk said. It is so important, it is so moving, it is so inspirational, it is so motivational. I love that man. I mean, basically the message was it's okay to not be okay and it's also okay to go and seek help. So we will double down on this here. If that person is you or maybe it's set a light bulb off in your head, please do it today. Trust me, it's for the best. Punk does not feel the same about Eddie Kingston though because he now thinks this guy is a massive goober because he is still super duper pissed off about the fact that Eddie went all crazy on AEW Rampage to the point he will be going to this week's AEW Rampage and he expects Kingston to be there with an apology. I kind of wanted to sneak in and go, Punk, he ain't going to say sorry to you. Have you looked into that man's eyes? He really, really mad. I tell you that I can't wait for this. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston is yet another one of those 2021 matches where you just smack yourself in the brain because you can't believe that it's actually going to be a real thing. Those guys are going to destroy each other. Miro then basically told us that he shall be John Moxley's replacement in the AEW World Title Tournament. I want to make it very clear, I couldn't have given a hoot what All Elite Wrestling did with this tournament because in the grand scheme of things, wrestling doesn't matter. But when I did find out it was Miro, I was so damn excited, I was so damn happy, and I may have tried to do a little bit of a backflip. It didn't work, but I tried. The Super Click and the Jurassic Express then got in to a massive brawl. I think we can all successfully say in November 2021 that when wrestling does a massive brawl right, well, it just works now, doesn't it? It started off with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks telling us how tough they were when Christian Cage approached, and they were all like, <laughs> just one of you, Christian Cage. You forgot that we're tough guys. But then when Luchasaurus arrived, they were like, oh, wait, uh, we got stuff to do. Please leave us alone. we got to go to our office. Given that Jungle Boy was there as well, this thing just went boom, and they started to have this massive fight that even spilled out to like the entranceway, and there they were just doing all these crazy stuff. But once again, it was Jungle Boy that kind of got the last laugh here because he was dying around being like, man, you guys make me so mad, I'm gonna kick your ass. And then Christian was spearing Matt, Luchasaurus was powerbombing people onto other people, because he's a loon as well, and Jungle Boy had the snare trap on Adam Cole, before Cage kind of observed the situation and decided, no man, I wanna escalate this. So he got one chair, and he got the other chair, and he gave the concerto to Adam Cole. 
I don't see that coming. So this was just manic, and of course sets up everything at the pay-per-view, because we will do the Young Bucks versus the Jurassic Express, and now surely we gotta be doing Adam Cole versus Christian, because if somebody tried to break my skull in, I'd be like, yeah, I would like a match, and I want to see all of this, and it was oh so simple. That forbidden door then swung open again. I mean, it's impossible to keep it closed these days. Even if there was a draft coming in, you'd try to close it, but you wouldn't because poof, I don't know who would walk through it. Josh Alexander. It wasn't him this time though, but it was FTR taking on Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol, who you probably know as Callisto from WWE. So again, look at it go. These two masked guys went crazy as well. And as if beforehand they had been told, you are only allowed to come into AEW if you do 68,942 dives and all the flippy ship in the world. So they went out there and they did all those dives. They did the flippy ship. And for that reason alone, and because FDR is such a good tag team, this really entertaining. This was going really well too, until Cash and Dax got a little bit bored and they grabbed Aerostar in midair and they just chucked him over the top rope. And I sat there and I thought to myself, yep, that'll do it. That didn't last long though, because eventually Del Sol did get the hot tag and he was just like ping and a bing, ping, ping, and he was just bouncing all around the place. And then we got double Hurricane Runners into double the most devastating moves in all of sports entertainment. But once again, you can't do this to FTR. They got too much experience. There was then more dives, flips, and even a sliced bread, and I was just chuckling away at myself at that point. So I was like, how does anybody come up with this? But sadly, what Star and Samurai had forgotten about is that they have heads. And if you drop heads onto the floor, well, bad things do happen. So eventually Harwood grabbed Samurai on the outside. He did do this with a brain buster. And then back in the ring, the other two guys were just going for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll up, I'm not joking. But once again, FDR has too much experience. So as soon as they were in charge, they held onto the ropes. They got the one, two, three, and those little assholes stole another one. I don't need anything more than that. It ticked my box. Up. We also had a quick showdown backstage between Sheeta and Nyla Rose because of course they are taking on each other in the next round of the TBS tournament. And then it was time for everything between American top team and the inner circle. Now this was basically just more people yelling at Dan Lambert, but I swear, this guy has to be the best, I don't know, rookie of 2021. The way he reacts is excellent. The way he talks on the mic is excellent. You just want to see him get his ass kicked and you can just tell, even if you're miles away, the dude totally gets it. He entertains me. The main part of this though was that the inner circle were allowed to pick who out of the five they were going to face at full gear. And they picked Junior Dos Santos and I was very excited. They picked Andre Arlovski and then I was even more excited. And of course, you could smell it coming a mile away. The last person in the team was Dan Lambert. This poor man, he lost his mind. The other two people on the team will of course be Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. But here's what I really want, just between you and me, don't tell anyone. I want Junior Dos Santos to go in there and I want him to wreck everybody. I don't know why I like him so much. He just comes across like such a tough guy. It works for me. I do really enjoy this feud as well. I know lots of people are like, I don't like the MMA crossover, but because I do like MMA, well, it stands to reason that I enjoy when the two things come together. What I will say is that in terms of the feud so far, I wouldn't really call this the highlight. I mean, it certainly wasn't bad and it was more than watchable, but it went on a little bit long. Some of the jokes fell flat. And I just think it was one of those situations where for one reason or another, you take your back and you take a swing, but unfortunately you miss. It happens every now and then, but because of that, it does have to get it down. AEW then called an audible. 
Smart. But given that Mike Seidel is injured and we want to have Leo Rush and Dante Martin be a tag team as soon as we can, they were all having a chat backstage. Matt Seidel walked in. He said, oh, you want to be a little team, do you? Well, I've got a brand new tag team partner. His name is Lee Moriarty. Why don't we have a fight soon? And now they're going to have a fight soon. TBS tournament next as well. It was Jamie Hayter versus Anna Jay. And this was more than fine. Given that Jay's best friend Ty Conte is in a feud with Britt Baker, and of course because Britt Baker and Rebel are best friends with Jamie Hayter, you could kind of see what's going to happen here, you could telegraph it, but that's okay. Sometimes it's alright to know where it's going to go, and it's about the execution, and this was executed well. So even though as the match went on, Anna Jay was able to outwork Hayter, even though Hayter was far more powerful and kept throwing her around, of course eventually Rebel went... Well, you know, we are a bit of a team here. Why don't I start making a distraction? And that will cause the referee to go, would you stop it? Because as we know, officials in wrestling, well, they ain't too smart. He turned into a Bond villain henchman here because he didn't know what the hell he was meant to do. And that allowed Britt Baker to interfere. That also allowed Jamie Hayter to hit the big lariat. She got the win. She's going through to the next round. And this was doubly upsetting because Anna Jay had applied the Queen Slayer here. So she was going to win. Really, she needs to get more friends. Especially because it was only after she started to get beat down after the match when Ty Conte ran down. I was like, where the flub are you? What were you doing? And also, she hadn't done her wrestling maths because there's only one of her and there's three of Brett Baker's crew. So she started to get beaten up as well. It didn't mean we needed an extra person and wonderfully, this was Thunder Rosa. And I did laugh here because her music played, which meant as she was running to the ring and she passed the audio guys, she went now, 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 and they go ding, music plays. She chased everybody to the back though and you just know deep down that this is also a tease that eventually we are gonna go back to Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. And I look forward to that. I also look forward to Ty Conte versus Britt Baker at the pay-per-view. So once again, it did everything it had to do. We also heard from Jade Cargill after this, who said she didn't give a hoot who she meets in the next round. And when she becomes the TBS champion, she will rename that belt, That Bitch Show. And I like to think that when somebody at TBS heard this, they were like, wait, what? We didn't agree to that. Afterwards, too, it was time to get into everything between Maxwell, Jacob Friedman and Darby Allen. But before we do get there, I would just like to thank the person who, in between all this, held up a sign right to the camera and basically got in the way that said, Simon, give this an up. You have no idea how much this pleased me. I can imagine it really did piss off some of the AEW production crew because it was right there. So let's try and be a little bit nicer with these signs, but genuinely, I will have a smile on my face for the next week. And as requested, you get it up. As ever though, this whole segment was just brilliant too because MJF came out here and he cut this promo that just makes you want to see him get beaten up. Because he was all like, man, me and Darby Allen, we're pillars of the company, but you love him because he's an outcast and that kind of ties into your own thinking but I'm a super successful person and you can't relate to me at all he's just so good all you need to do is give this man some audio and he will smash it Freeman then also dropped in the whole Darby Allen's nothing but a glorified stuntman line which always gets a reaction and then says he is so superior to him when it comes to wrestling that at full gear if he chooses to do so he will beat him with a headlock takeover and I am not kidding I'm going to put my hands together and basically will this into existence I want MJF to beat Darby Allen after a headlock takeover because the internet may quite literally melt down. This was all leading to the usual yet wonderful stuff too because Darby Allen eventually heard enough of this and he started to storm to the rings. I'm just like, nah, bro, I don't want anything like that. So he tried to leave, but who stopped him at the entranceway? It was Sting, it was Sting's bat and all these henchmen he has that like stick Darby Allen and Sting masks on their faces. 
And I don't really want to talk to these people because that's freaking deaky weird. Sean Spears, his accountability buddy Wardlow and a chair with him out there and they start having a massive fight with Sting and all of these people. But as soon as they had cleared out, MGF and Darby Allen did start having this fight in the crowd and you have to go and see this running clothesline. Like MGF was against the barricade. Darby Allen sprinted at him as if he was a racing car and they fell over that thing back into the ringside area and I have never seen anything like it in my life. I mean, you would have thought he was the flash he picked up so much speed. And just as he was about to go for the coffin drop, Max was like, nah, man, I want nothing to do with this. And once again, he tried to escape. This whole feud has been handled wonderfully. And again, when we get to full gear, who the flubbins is going to win? I have no idea. That always makes wrestling matches better. Now, I was then very excited because it was Andrade versus Cody Rhodes. And Andrade is getting better every single week. And Cody has just become this fascinating, intriguing character where you're not 100% sure what he's going to do because, yes, for some reason, he keeps on getting booed. And don't get me wrong, there were plenty of cheers here as well, but all of it just comes up into a cauldron where, once again, I'm like, I have no idea what AEW is going to do. It just makes it so damn interesting. Up. And it turned out it was wrestling tennis once again because these guys had been studying each other's moves. And that was doubly true when Cody either went for the Cody car or the disaster kick and Andrade just shoved him right to the floor. Once again, I stared at this and like, they're just human beings, man. That is a long old way to fall. I bet it sucked. It then made Cody have to fight back and this absolutely terrified Jose, Andrade's assistant, because he tried to get involved and then Tully Blanche was getting involved and Arn Anderson was getting involved. This was a total palaver and you could just see that something shenanigan-y was about to happen. Because just as Cody was going to go for a dive, FTR somehow, I suppose, teleported in from the Starship Enterprise. They held their titles up, Cody went smashing into them and then Captain Dax just rolled under the ring. And that was quite funny, but it meant back in the squared circle, Andrade hit the hammerlock DDT, and he defeated Cody Flippin' Rhodes. This, of course, makes sense, too, because a few weeks ago, Andrade and FTR were the best of friends, and they just started to kick Cody's ass afterwards until the Lucha Brothers run out there, because, of course, they are feuding with FTR. So it is quite the angle, this, and I once again have no idea what the end game is. But do I want to see it play out? You bet your ear in. John Silver then doubled down on the fact that not only is he going to take on Adam Cole come this rampage, but he's also going to call him Budge. And that thing really does make me laugh. And we had a bit of a promo video between the Bunny and Red Velvet because they will also have a match on this week's rampage. And then it was time for our main event. Be still my beating heart. Because yes, it was Miro versus Orange Cassidy to see who was going to take on Brian Danielson in the finals of the AEW World Title Tournament. And because of this, the American Dragon came out to join commentary. And if you had happened to follow me on Twitter before AEW Dynamite, I said all I wanted was for Miro to be the replacement and for him to utterly run through Orange Cassidy. And I basically got my wish. Because he ran through Orange at first and he was just doing these throws as if he was trying to launch him into space. And when he didn't, he just got down on his hands and knees and he was beating Orange Cassidy to a pulp. <laughs> That's a joke for the dead. It certainly wasn't a squash though, including this one bit where Miro's on the outside like, oh my gosh, I'm all wibbly wobbly. So Orange Cassidy dove off the top rope and threw him through a table. And Miro was only be able to get back in the ring at like 9.999. And there was a small piece of me that's like, oh my gosh, he's going to be counted out. Thankfully, he wasn't. There was then another near fall back in the ring after the beach break. 
But I think this kind of just pissed Miro off because he booted Orange right in the face and then he applied the game over submission and I timed it. I think Orange Cassidy tapped out in like 1.8 seconds. And I always enjoy it when people do that because now that move, you're like, my word, it is terrifying. This also meant that Dynamite finished with Brian Danielson and Miro staring off and we're going to get that match in full gear. I ain't even going to play around here. I am so in desperate need of this. I didn't know I needed it until it was presented to me. And as much as I like Brian Danielson, like he's basically the best wrestler in the world, I kind of think I want Miro to win and then take on Hangman Adam Page for the AEW world title. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it. Up. It also means that we're only 10 days away from that pay-per-view, and I think so far AEW is doing a damn good job building up to it. So overall, this episode of Dynamite is getting it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 